have to read really, really loud because we have a lot of people in here. Like, wow. Very, very loud. Thank you. All right, hey, we're going to start off with a visual example here. Something a little bit different. We're going to do a visual example. Let's go with, y'all, who do y'all want? Who do y'all want? Me. 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 Little Cole. Where's Little Cole at? Little Cole? Little Cole, little Cole, come on up. You're the example. Does that sound good? Thank you, Darwin. All right. Alright, here we go. Hey, follow along with me. It's gonna help you out later on in the lesson. So Cole is my friend. Okay, let's just say for this for this uh, illustration, he is my friend. You're his only friend. Okay? I love you, Cole. All right, so Cole is my friend. I need y'all to help me theoretically. Cole comes up to me, and because we're friends, I know without a shadow of a doubt, he is hungry. He is starving. He needs water. Okay? Um, he's just not meeting his basic needs. He is in need of some help, okay? Just theoretically. Like we know without a shadow of a doubt. If we... If you identify your friend and he were to come up to you in that same state, would you not give them food? Physically, just give them food. Like, that's almost common, okay? And I'm even saying a friend. You'd give them food. Okay, so look. I give Cole some food, right? Now, why would I do that? Because I care about him. He's my friend. And guess what else? I have what? I had food to get to him. Thank you very much. We're going to get back to that a little bit later. Hey, we're going to get back to that a little bit later. All right, here we go. Who's got John 15, 8? John 15, 8. All right, read it for us. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. All right, so there's two different people in this world, right? Born again believers, and who else? Lost people, okay? So you're either lost or born again believer. So let's identify here. If you're a born-again believer, what are you called to do? Witness. All right, y'all saying witness and different things. All right, Nikki, read your verse one more time. Let's hear this part. Our Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. If you're a disciple of Christ, you are called to produce fruit. And you're called to produce fruit because it does what? Glorifies the Father. Okay, very good. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We're still going to identify as a born again believer why are you still here on earth? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You got that one? Alright, take a selection. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of A couple key things in there. This is Jesus before he's called up. He's going to the disciples. One of the last thing he tells them is, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now before that verse is said, what does it say in that verse prior to verse number 19? What does 18 say? And lo, what is it? Or what is it before that? All power is given to who? Thank you. Through all. There we go. And at the very end of verse number 20... It says, and lo, I am with you always. So a born-again believer is called to witness, as you guys said. He is called to bear fruit. He is called to glorify the Father. And lo, I am with you always. Who is he speaking to? His disciples. 
Are you a born-again believer? Do you truly believe that God Almighty is with you always? And if you truly believe that God Almighty is with you always, do you think you should bear fruit? Very interesting, right? Luke 7, 34 is another interesting verse. A couple things that we've identified, right, as a born-again believer. We are called to witness. We're called to bear fruit. And it's all to glorify who? God. Very good. Luke 7.34. Now this is a description that was given to Jesus because of the way that He was acting when He was on His ministry here on earth. Who's got that verse? I got it. Take us away. Right. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say, He's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and, their, and other sinners. They were speaking of Jesus and they said, Jesus is a friend of who? What's that last phrase? Tax collectors and what? And sinners. Jesus was a friend to sinners. Jesus was a friend to sinners. Okay, and lo, I am with you always. A born again believer, we say we have the Holy Spirit living within us. We are called to glorify God, the fruit of the Spirit. We're supposed to produce it. And lo, I am with you always, says, I am a friend of sinners. So now we need to identify who are your friends. Who do you call your friends? Is your friends a small select group? What's your friend pool? 1 John 4.19. 1 John 4.19. I take this away. Hey, now this verse, after we read this verse, throughout the lesson, we're going to repeat it. Okay, we're actually going to say it out loud. The verse says what? The woman says unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I think that might be John 4.19, but 1 John 4.19 says... We love Him because He first loved us. Say it with me. We love Him because He first loved us. Okay, so we love God only because He first loves Thank you. Very good. Hey, we're going to keep repeating that as we go along, okay? Galatians 5, 22 through 26. Who's got that one? Again, we're laying the groundwork. We are laying the groundwork. Galatians 5, 22 through 26 is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit are, what is it, Alexia? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Alright, so all those things are the fruit of what? The Spirit. Spirit. We, as born-again believers, are called to bear fruit. So we're not talking about physical fruit. Let's go ahead and and squash that. We're talking now about spiritual fruit. We are called to bear spiritual fruit. (coughs) This is very important. Why are you called to bear fruit? To glorify God. Hey, thank you very much, Cole. To share it. You are not called to bear it for it to sit on your tree and not be usable. That's not glorifying God. Now, this is, this is very tough because a lot of people don't say it like that. They treat bearing fruit as me being pious me being, look at me, I look like Christ. But nobody can pluck from it. Don't ask me to use it. Just admire it. And that's not glorifying God. So now the title of the, the lesson we have today is Starving Friends. I'm going to identify a couple of questions for you guys. And point number one is this. Are you starving your friends in plain sight? Another way to put it, put it, are you 
Are you starving your friends that are close to you? Are you starving the individuals who are in close proximity to you? Matthew 26, 69-75 is the first main passage that we were all going to be at. I hope you are all there, right? That first question, are you starving your friends in plain sight? So now we're going to pick up on a story here. It's whenever Peter... Y'all remember Peter, what did he say? That wherever you go, Christ, we're going to go to the cross kind of deal. He said, I'm going to be with you to the end. And then what did Jesus tell Peter? Hey, that you're not. You're going to deny me how many times? Three. Three times. So that's where we're going to pick up on this story. Verse number 69. Take us away. Y'all done done very, very good so far, y'all. We've laid some good groundwork. All right, here we go. What was that word that you said with the big P word? Proximity, that just means distance. Hey, I didn't know it either. Pious. Oh, okay. Pious. Pious. Can anyone help me with pious? It is doing what? Believing you are more religious, better than others. You believe more in the presentation of yourself. That's what pious means. Thank you. Good. You said a a big word. That's a small word. All right. All right. All right. right. Bell's going to take us away. Hey, pay attention. We laid the groundwork. Let's get the points in. This is going to be very cool. Take us away. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. All right. Next verse. Go ahead and keep reading. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. All right, so this is very interesting, right? So Peter is in the courtyard. Now Jesus is now at what point during this time? Does anyone know? Arrested. Hey, talking to the Roman, talking to someone. He's, he's on trial right now. Jesus is in persecution. Peter, who said, I'm going to go with you all the way to the cross, now is backing away. All right, he's by the fire. He's been asked, hey, aren't you a follower of him who's on trial right now? And what does Peter say? No, no. no okay, next verse. Keep reading with us, uh, Bell. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. All right, so again, he's questioned again. This person was identified by being with who? Jesus. Jesus. Now, this is very interesting. People in this very room, if you were to go out in public or if you would go out maybe in your schools, they would know that you're associated probably with some sort of a youth group. Would you not say Yes. Alright. Now what does Peter say? What's the response? He's been with it since you've been doing such a good job. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. Whoa, whoa. So now the second time Peter denies it again and he denies it with an oath. He has raised the ante, right? Why is he having to make an oath now? And actually in the other Gospels it says at some point he actually goes blankety blank. He swears I never knew him. So we're going to keep going with the, with the story. Keep going with the story. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. So this is what I want you all to see. Three times, Peter was given the opportunity to share... Fruit that he should have been bearing. I'm I, I picking up with what I'm trying to say here. He's in close proximity. He is directly asked, aren't you associated with him? 
Aren't you Peter, the one who spoke out in the crowd before? Aren't you Peter who followed him all the way up to this point? Aren't you the one who professes to be a follower of that man? See, this is the problem. We are starving our friends spiritually whenever they are asking us questions and we're just not at a point ready to respond. How many of you are actually ready to respond to your friends when they ask about things of God to you? And the only reason you're not ready is because you don't have any fruit that is usable. Again, Cole, with my example, you stand right up here. Let me see if I have these on. You can stay right before you're at. So Cole comes up here. Remember, we started with this example. I want you all to follow along. We started with this example. Physically, if we were to see Cole and we know that he needs help, I believe almost everyone in this room would probably give him food. I mean, seriously, if he was about to die, give him food because he is starving. He is about to die. He needs the food. We would all be willing to give it. And then at the very beginning, we identify there's two, two different types of people in this world. Those who've been born again and those who are lost. And if we say you're lost, then you are what outside of Christ? Nothing. Spiritually dead. Hey, your friends are spiritually dead. And if you don't have the fruit to share to them, they're going to leave away starving. The reason you're not seeing the success and the witnessing to your friends is you've got no fruit to share. Or, or better yet, you've got, you've got fruit you want to show off to your mom and your grandma to make them think you're a good person. But guess what? When your friend comes along, this fruit's not usable for you. It's just supposed to make my mom happy. Hey, you are not going to win. You're not going to lead those who are in close proximity to you, those who you engage in interpersonal communications, if you don't have any fruit to share with them. They're always going to walk away from you spiritually starving. But if you have spiritual food to give to them, when they walk away, you can give it to them. He's not paying attention. Right? Now here's the part that's amazing. It says in John chapter 15, you produce fruit if you allow me to abide in you. Meaning you allow God to work in and through you. You are a vessel that you're saying, God, use me now so I can glorify you. Here's the part that's amazing. Now, it's not my problem and it's not my responsibility for Cole to open up that bag and eat it. Y'all following with me? I didn't produce the fruit in the first place. God did it in and through me. He worked through me, the Holy Spirit, right? So that fruit that I am actually giving to him, it is not even my responsibility whether he opens it and eats it or not. So the part that's crazy is the part about sharing the fruit you actually don't have responsibility in him accepting the fruit. We're still too scared to hand it out. One, why are you scared to hand out fruit if you do have it? Next, next point we're going to go. Point number two. And it's going to be in Luke chapter 15. If you want to go ahead and flip there. Is this making good sense for you guys? Y'all understand where we're going with this. I'm telling you we're going to draw some great points here that I think are going to really tie things together. Really tie things together. I know we're bouncing around. Hopefully this is making sense. If you're a born-again believer, you're called to go out and witness. You cannot witness to anybody if you're not bearing fruit. Y'all follow with me? Good. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Verse number 25 is where we're going to pick up at. Again, I'm going to give y'all point number two. So that way, for those of y'all who aren't writing notes, I can... 
help y'all out a little bit. Point number two is this. Are you starving your friends from a distance? Are you starving your friends from a distance? Remember, we started off with the first ones, those in plain sight, those close up to you, those in direct contact, close proximity. Now we're talking about, are you starving your friends from a distance? I believe this point is very important. This is very, very important. So we're going to pick up on this story. It's about the prodigal sons. I know some of y'all may know the story with the prodigal sons. Maybe some people don't. But there was two sons, right, that the father had. Now one of the sons, the younger son, says, guess what? Father, give me my inheritance. I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance. And what does the younger son do with that inheritance? He goes and squanders it. He goes and lives the way of the world, right? Now the son who stayed at home, the son who stayed at home, we really don't see much about him, right, towards the end of the story. That's what we're going to pick up here in, in Luke chapter 15, verse number 25. Takes away Amelia, first verse. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and he came near the house. He heard music and dancing. Okay, so the son who had stayed at the house, the one who, who from the outside looked like was being loyal to the father... Here's music within the house. Now, why is there music? Because the younger son has now come back home, right? If we're picking up on the story where we're at, I'm trying to fill in the gaps. He hears music, and what is he thinking at this point? All right, we'll pick up next verse. I'll take this away. Okay. Verse 26. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. All right, hey, wouldn't you, if you heard a party going on at your own house, hey, what's going on? Now, one of the things we need to understand here... Why is he even asking what's going on? It must have been true. There must not have been many parties or celebrations going on in the house. Which is interesting, right? Because you think if it is the son who's living close to his father, that that'd be celebrating all the time, right? Keep going with this, uh, Carter. Next verse. What was Yes. Your brother has found your reply, and your father has killed the because he has him that same. Very good. Okay, so the younger son comes back and the father has killed the fatted calf. He's going to have a great celebration for this younger son. Why? Because the son who was dead, the son who was lost, the one who said, let me go my own way, has come back. Has come back home. Now here's where we're going to pick up. There's a couple key things I want you all to see here. Go ahead and hit his card. Next verse. Verse number 28. The older brother became angry. Angry. Okay. Salamander. Angry. Very important here. Now, now this son, he stayed at home with the father, right? This son didn't technically rebel from the outside looking in. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm sorry, but I believe the term he used there when his son who was once lost, his brother who was once lost, who's now come back home, he says, I'm angry about it. He's jealous. Hey, the fruit of the Spirit does not produce jealousy. The fruit of the Spirit does not produce anger. And if all you're producing in your life is anger and jealousy, your friends who are coming up, they're walking up spiritually dead, the only thing you have to give to them... It's not food, but here's some jealousy. Hey, it's not what you need, but let me teach you how to get more mad. Hey, this, I know this isn't what you need. Here, here's more lust. Y'all following with me? You're giving them everything other than what they need spiritually because that's all you're producing. Here we see the older son. There is something wrong because the Holy Spirit does not produce anger. Why is he mad at this point? Because the son who is in the home is lost. 
And just because you grew up in church, just because you think on the outside looking in that everyone could say, hey, look, he's got some fruit. He looks nice. He looks polished. He doesn't say the bad words. He's not that bad. Are y'all trying to identify? Are y'all helping me identify what's going on in this story? Again, we pick up here in that that next verse. I want y'all to see here. Because remember, our second point was we're starving our friends from a distance. Take us away. Let's go Ben. Are you there, big dog? All right, verse number 29. Wow, okay, so now the younger son is basically saying what? All these years, I never disobeyed you. Which is very interesting, right? If all these years I haven't disobeyed you, what is, that trying, what is he trying to say here? He's better. Hey, aren't I better? Aren't I pious? Don't you see the fruit, Dad? Don't you see from a distance? Don't pluck it. Don't try to use it. But don't you see from a distance the fruit that I'm producing in my life? Give you a quick story real quick. I don't know. It was kind of like a phase where it was at home. So I don't know if it's still going on right now. But my mom went through that phase where she started as a decoration. Instead of getting real fruit, would get fake fruit. And let me tell you something. Some of them places do a really good job of making that fake fruit look real. Do your mom still do that? Yes. Okay, that's it. It was a phase? Okay, okay. All right, there's no more fruit in my house, so I think my mom has evolved past it, okay? So again, this fruit that was at our house on the dinner table that everyone could see once they came walking in, if someone came in from the streets and actually needed an apple, they would go up to that dinner table, if so, theoretically, and grab that apple, and they even had the weight of it. And would go to bite into it and realize this, this apple is not usable. But it looked good from a distance. The fruit that you're producing in your life, if it's not usable, it's not of God because it can't glorify Him. So either in your life with those who are in close proximity to you, those who you have close interpersonal communications with, you're starving them spiritually because you don't have any fruit to give. And the fruit that you do have to give is not the fruit of the Spirit. And those from a distance who are looking at your fruit, you're only going to fool them for such a season. Because if you were actually to take that fruit of the older son, you'd find out it's not real. Y'all follow with me? Now, the final verse is we're going to draw the last conclusion on this verse, and then we're going to go to our final passage. We're going quick. Take us away here. Alexia, are you there? Yeah. What verse are we on? I'm going to go quick, y'all. Um, verse 30. No way. I'm, I'm there, but just give somebody else. All right, take us away. Who's there? Take us away, Cole. Mm-hmm. Little Cole's going to take it. Here we go. Go, Little Cole. But when this son of yours who squandered your property and his prostitutes comes home, you kill the fat and pat for him. All right, so the older son is basically saying the younger son spent his inheritance and he lists all these different types of things. I don't want y'all to get caught up on the list, but here's the part that's amazing. If you read that whole parable for yourself, it never mentions how the younger son spent his, spent his money. It just says he lived frivolously, he spent it squanderously, he just spent it. But the older son actually knew in more detail what the younger son had spent it on. Now, whether he knew or not, the part is very true. The older brother knew his younger brother was not living right with God. And instead of sitting out in the field producing fake fruit all the time, that way he could show off to his dad, he never once prayed for his younger brother to come back home. 
So a lot of y'all in this very room say, I love my friends, I love my mom, I love my dad. But if you're not praying for them, you're starving them from a distance. So then we can backtrack and you say, well, I'm struggling with, with communicating to my close friends about God. Okay, well, one, do you have fruit to even give them? And then let's backtrack even more. Are you even praying prior to the interactions? God, help me to see, help produce fruit within me so that way I can share. Because let me tell you something. If you're going to starve them from a distance, you're always going to starve them close up. Genesis, our final one, Genesis 49. I'm going to go as fast as possible. We've got to get through this. I'm sorry, we're just so close. Genesis 49, it's our last passage. We're going to be there, we're going to close it out. Remember, this is the one y'all voted for. I know we're going longer, but please pay attention as best you can. Again, we said as a born-again believer, you're called to produce fruit. You're called to go out. And here's the part that's amazing. You're never going to go out and be an effective witness as you guys claim to be one of the reasons that we're still here on this earth if we're a born-again believer. You cannot share the gospel with them if there are no fruit in your life of the Spirit that you can share. Y'all following with me? We've got to identify that. Genesis 49, verses 1 through 2. Take us away, Nikki. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather around and I will tell you what will happen to you in the days to come. Come together and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father Israel. Okay, you got to follow along here. Jacob is at the end of his life. If you please, you got to visualize this to fully get it. He is about to pass away. He is about to die. He is calling all of his, bro- all of his sons into the house so that he can get one final word to each one of them. When you really think about it, it's actually quite sad. This is going to be one of the most sadder verses in scriptures. The dad who is dying, I want you to identify, imagine your dad actually dying. And again, if you say, well, I don't really love my dad. Identify someone in your life who has, who has been a big influence on you, who's about to die. And he's coming to give you your last words. Like truly feel this moment, okay? Truly feel it. Imagine this happening, okay? And these are the words that are said to you. Go ahead and read me verse number three. Take us away, Nikki. He takes Reuben here, and this is what he says. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my strength and my firstfruits of my virility, excelling in prominence, excelling in power. Tribulant as water, you will not excel, because you got into your father's bed and you defiled it. He got into my bed. I want y'all to see this real quick. When Jacob is addressing Reuben for the very last time in his life, he grabs Reuben. I don't know how he would have done it. Maybe he grabs him by the face. I don't know. Maybe it's from a distance. Who knows? But he grabs him and says, Reuben, you were my firstborn son. You had every opportunity to excel in this life. You were supposed to lead this family as I pass. But you've chosen sin. You've chosen the world over God. It's one of the most saddest verses in all of Scripture because what it basically says is this. You have all the potential and you squandered it. The example I was going to give is whenever I played football in high school, I don't talk too much about high school days. I try to close the yearbook, but we'll open back up for this point. <laughs> so when we played football, right, we play in these big games, and one of the bigger, bigger games we played in, actually we won't go to that point, but after a Friday night game, we would come on Saturday morning, and we would watch film. We would watch film on how we played the Friday night before. 
And the part that's very interesting is this. Leading up to the game, it seemed like it took forever. Monday practice, Tuesday, watching the film, going through all the scouting reports. We were prepared to do what we wanted to do, right? We were supposed to. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it seemed like it took forever to get to that moment. And all of a sudden, during the game, it kind of goes by really quick. A little bit quicker than you think. And then individual plays within the game, you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to try my hardest on this play. I know the play. I'm going to do it the best I can. And you, and you try to do the best you can, right? But there might be some plays within the game where you're like, man, I'm just not feeling it. I, I'm playing receiver, right? The run is outside left. All I've got to do is either run my man off or just kind of sh- shadow block him. Because the run's going the opposite way. So I can kind of take a little bit of a play off. But I can, I can just make the film guy look like I knew what I was doing. I want you all to help me identify this, okay? As soon as we got to the film room, and as soon as the game actually ended, all that time leading up to it, I could quickly identify really quickly which plays I did take off and which plays I didn't. I could identify in different spots during the game where I think I could have helped out the team or not. Y'all following with me? When the time comes to look back, all you have is what you did and what you potentially did not do. Y'all following with me? At this point, whenever Jacob is grabbing Reuben, Reuben can't say, Dad, can I go back? Can you give me a second chance? No, Reuben, you had every opportunity. And you know it. We're going to come back to that final point. But again, when we were watching the film, this is the part that's really cool. I want y'all to see this. We were playing a team, West Monroe, at their place. So it was a state playoff game. It was one of the biggest, biggest games of the year. They had never lost at home, a home playoff game. I think it was like 50-something years, and we were playing against them. I was lined up in the slot. I know all my plays left and right. I know the playbook from, from beginning to end. I know when to block, when not to block, and I would really try my hardest to play the hardest I can every single play, okay? Well, we're lined up one time, and we're going down, and the score, I believe, was 0-0 at this point. And in comes one of my teammates – in comes one of my teammates because we drew a play up just for him. Now, bless his heart, okay? Again, I understand. This is a big playoff game. The play is called. I got the play. I'm lined up. Shop, what is it? I kid you not, 5A football. Shop, I don't know the play. I want y'all to please see this. Please identify with this. It's going to tie all the things together. Again, at this point, I have a couple of different options. One, I didn't study that week. And I could give him... Just run and go. Block left. But since I studied that week, I knew the special play that he called. Guess what I had? I had fruit to give him. Because at that point, in football terms, he was dead to the play. He was going to be of no value. And the part that was crazy is the play was going to him. Are y'all following with me? So I could tell him to play. Hey, big dog, run this. You know he caught the pass? Here's the part I want y'all to think is amazing. He caught the pass. It was like a 30-yard gain, and we score on that drive. When we get back to the film room study... Here's the part that's crazy. No one said, James, thank goodness you told Terrell to play. No, because guess what? 
I shared the play to Terrell because I knew it would glorify Central Football Team to win the game. It had nothing to do with James Shot because if James Shot wanted to do what James Shot wanted to do, James Shot would have said, "No, the plays, big dog. Watch we switch. I'm gonna I'm run this. Y'all follow with me. If you can identify in your life when it comes to sharing fruit, who is it glorifying? Because when that happened, it was only for the benefit of the team. It never benefited me that I told him the to play. Can y'all please identify how it benefited me? It didn't. Why? Because I was able to give it to him right now. Here's the part that's amazing. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, I don't know what it is, self-temperance and self-control. I don't know, one of those. When you are giving it away, you give it away freely. You might be saying, James, what are you trying to say? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remember, this is what Jesus is telling the disciples. And lo, I am with you always. I am with you always. The one they called a friend of sinners. So when I say friends, I understand we sometimes do just this close group. But when I'm saying friends, we are starving all those individuals we interact with on a close, close basis. We are starving all of our people from a distance. Are you following with me? Now here's the final question that I want to ask you guys, and we're going to close it out on this. 1 John 4.19 says, We love Him because He first loved us. He first loved us. Okay. Please follow along with me. We love Him because He first loved us. The final question I have for you, Reuben, are you potentially squandering the relationship that Christ is desiring with you? Are y'all following with me? We love Him because He first loved us. You do know in this very room right now, God is desiring a relationship with you personally. And the part that's crazy is this. When you draw your last breath, the question will simply be this. Did you accept me or reject me? And here's the part that's crazy. You potentially could have accepted me your whole life, Reuben. So I know we started off this message identifying, are we starving our friends? The biggest question I have to ask you, are you starving Jesus? Because He's desiring to have a relationship with you. Are you going to accept it or reject it? Maybe saying, James, what does that look like? One, it's very, very simple. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Listen, apart from Christ, we are spiritually dead. Apart from Christ, we are undesirable. We love Him only because He first loved us. Because Romans 5 8, but God commended His love toward us while we were yet sinners. Remember, friend of sinners. Thank goodness a friend of sinners. Because I was a sinner before I was a believer. Have we forgotten that? If you're in this room and you say a born-again believer, you are a sinner first. Praise God, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Who are you a friend of? Follower of Christ? Disciple of Christ? Friend of my choice? 
witness to only who I want to witness to, bear fruit for only the ones I want to bear fruit for. But God committed this love for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. That means He died for you to save you from your sins because apart from Him, you are dead. Here's the part that's amazing. He is desiring you. Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, what is that basically saying? God, I'm no longer rejecting you. I'm no longer starving you from the relationship you desire, that you're going to do all the work in, that you're going to come within me, abide within me, and produce fruit so I can glorify you. You've done all the work. I am simply saying, I confess with my mouth, you are Lord Jesus now of my life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, I'm going to leave you with the final question. Are you going to be be asked one day or told one day that you had every opportunity and you wasted it? You're going to go play a game right after this like we always do. And the part that's crazy, in about five weeks, no one's going to know who won that game. But you can make a decision right now for Christ and you'll always remember this night. Are you starving your friends? Better yet, are you starving Christ? I'm going to pray us out and then we'll go down and play our game. Does that sound good? Thank you all for paying attention. I know it was long.